Welcome back to the Success Cards podcast. Today we are joined by Sam Carpenter. Uh, he is kind of a hero of mine. He actually wrote a book called Work the System that was given to me as a gift by a friend on how to systematize your businesses. And that was the biggest inspiration for creating card number 82, systematization. His message is largely about being able to see your life and your business as a system and being able to automate and improve and essentially getting it run, running and oiled so well that your business almost runs itself uh, effectively in reliable ways. And it just gives you a lot of freedom. He also has a few projects and companies, the biggest of which is Centratel, which is a call center. So if you're ever outsourcing um, calling, which is part of systemization, then his company does that very reliably and very well. Um, Sam, thank you for joining us. It's great to be here, John. Thanks for the invitation. So I actually, uh, first off, uh, applied uh, some of your wisdom. That's the most apparent is something I do every day is check my email. And in my company, GameTree, I actually had it. So I was checking one of the shared emails because maybe 10 to 20% of the emails are relevant to me. And upon reading your book, one of the first things I did was delegate that. So somebody else is checking the email exclusively and I just took myself off of it. And then they just let me know every once in a while when I have that thing that needs my attention. And then now in another company, I'm doing the same thing. So this is an example of the kinds of savings you get with systematization. You don't have to divide your attention so much um, or waste your time as much. Uh, so those are some benefits I really got from his book, Work the System. So Sam, uh, let's start with your quote. The leader's role is first to see the wheels of the machine then get those wheels turning with maximum efficiency. This is something I love. Do you have anything more to say about that or elaborate on it so that the people with this card back home can have a deeper dive before applying your wisdom to their own businesses? So uh, let me uh, further define your description, uh, your initial description. Actually, our lives are a collection of systems, one of which may be your business, which is a collection of subsystems. And so this isn't, this is about efficiency, but I don't go about it the way most system gurus go about it. And I wrote the book. This is a fourth edition, just came out, the fourth edition of the book. I wrote it back in 2008. And uh, there's a lot of system gurus out there, and it, it's always about efficiency and getting more done. And, and it is about that. It, it certainly is about that. But I started in a very mechanical place and worked toward a spiritual place. Now, when you understand how beautiful this world lays out and the, the systems that are in it, you're a system, John, I'm a system. My two dogs that you can't see, my two <laughs> hounds, beautiful, they're sleeping. And uh, they're systems too. The idea is to take a business, see it as a system, but break it down into its subsystems. So yeah, getting your emails uh, delegated is great. And the mantra is automate, delegate, delete. So the first part of the three-part book, Work the System, is uh, to get the, what we call the systems mindset, which is the title of my second book. <laughs> this, is a this is a business book. This is for everybody who doesn't own a business. It's smaller. Uh, it's mm. called The Systems Mindset. My publisher that, hated this cover. Is that out now? Yeah, it was, it was published in 2016. Oh, I somehow uh, missed that book, but that looks interesting. That, yeah, it's, the same, it's the same philosophy, if you want to call it that, the same approach. It just, just doesn't have all the business documentation stuff in it. But the whole thing to is up. to see your life as a mechanical apparatus, which it is, 
if you go a layer deeper and you have to get your mechanical straightened out before you can get to the spiritual part. Now, the spiritual part for me is I live in Kentucky. We have a beautiful home here. It's not huge. It's 3000 feet. Uh, we own it outright. We don't have any bills. I have a beautiful wife who I believe loves me. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I checked this morning, I have these two beautiful dogs. Uh, I work maybe three or four hours a month for the call center because I've automated, delegated, deleted, and I have a 30% bottom line. My income is way more than what we need. So I'm leaving, living the life of my dreams because I paid attention to the mechanical aspects. You cannot get to the spiritual part without getting your mechanical world straightened out. It just drags you back in. The mechanical keeps dragging. You got to make the rent. You got to pay the car, mm. pay the car payment. So my approach is very spiritual in the sense that I acknowledge that there, uh, we, have a, we live in a mechanical world and it's very inefficient for most people. They're not getting from A to B in a straight line, for instance, and maybe B is the wrong place to go to. But this is about defining where you want to go. And there's documentation involved going from A to B in the straightest line possible and as quickly as possible. And now I get back to your quote on your success card. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what it's about. But the whole part one of the book is to get the systems mindset where as I rattled off the different systems that I can see right now and think about the lights, when you can see that on a moment to moment basis, it's a, it's an, it's a mini enlightenment. It's an enlightenment. And it happened to me in 1999. I love I that exact moment. It's all in the book. Uh, my life has never been the change, never been the same. Uh, and I'm living the life of my dreams. Am I happy every minute? No. Uh, it, it doesn't guarantee happiness 100% of the time, but it makes it a whole lot easier to be happy when you have more money than you need and you have more time than you need. There's fewer and things you, to make you unhappy. <laughs> yeah. And if you can live a creative life, as I told you before we started to talk, I spend you know, a little bit of time on Centratel. I spend a lot of time writing, doing podcasts, doing interviews, media, TV. I, I, I love doing that. I love talking about this stuff, as you can tell. And I've been doing it for... 14 years now. And uh, Centratel, my main business, which is doing so great, I've had for 38 years, I still have it today. So uh, get the mechanical part straightened out first. And that's when you talked about your emails. Yeah, that's a good start. And once you get a grip on fixing this system, and then this system, and then this system, and you have this systems mindset, the sky is the limit. I'm so glad you refer to it that way because so much of education and coaching is really about a mindset. It's, it's almost like a, like a, like a being in a certain mood or almost on a drug where you suddenly reality comes different at Babson, uh, an entrepreneurship university that I attended. The main thing that they really teach is having like an entrepreneur or owner's mindset where once you yeah. start flipping from seeing the world as you're kind of in it to like you own it. And it's about like profitability and how to kind of maximize these certain metrics. It changes how you can function, whether it's like within a job at somebody else's company or running your own company or just seeing opportunity everywhere all the time. Uh, it's really just a mindset change. So, well, yeah, and, and that's fine. That's, that's a philosophy. And Tony Robbins has a philosophy and everybody out there has a philosophy. And this goes even a layer deeper than those philosophies. You can stick with those philosophies and those approaches. But this goes a layer deeper. Yeah, this is a meta philosophy. It applies yeah. across other kinds of domains, not yeah. even just businesses you're saying. You can keep your religion. You can keep your politics. You can do whatever you want to do. It so, just goes a layer deeper. And when you can see how things, if you can see reality a little deeper, 
you're going to have more success. But if you're playing a game and you're what you want is not what you can have, or, you know, if you're playing these super positive, I just have a positive attitude. I just have, no, there's, it's got to be, you have to have a good grasp of reality. And, and 99 out of 100 people don't. You need to go to where you can see a layer deep, what I always say, a layer deeper of how the mechanical pieces fit together. Then decide where you want to go, decide how you're going to get there. And it takes a little bit of work. It takes a little bit of documentation. But that systems mindset does happen in your head. It's that people not doing systematization that are basically running on a hamster wheel. And until they kind of solve this one part, it's hard to get different results than they've been getting in the past. That's so if right. somebody's happy with where they're at, then they don't need any changes. But if they can systematize things to make them more efficient and easier, then that enables that well, same you, energy to go somewhere else in life. Exactly. If you can if you can see the world a little clearer than the next person. And that's that's what this that's what's done it for me is I'm able to I'm able to grasp the the pieces out there are a little better than the average person. And so I was able to assemble those pieces in the right sequence in a straight line to get where I wanted to go. And here I am. I don't need to work. I'm doing this for fun. And because I've gone back and forth with you, John, and I love your success cards. Those are terrific. Uh, so let's get the, some pointers for the listeners on how do they systematize their lives? What does this actually look like and how can they apply it to the businesses? So the first part of this card is saying, Systems are everywhere. Inspect them across your business and personal life and think how to consistently ensure their efficiency, including fail safes, documentation, delegation, and automation. What do you have to say about that? Well, I kind of I said it in a roundabout way already, but until you can see the systems in your business or your personal life, until you can see those as separate from each other, this is critical. And I know we all want to be one and we're all connected. I get that. But in the mechanical world, if you want to get into the spiritual thing, you've got to acknowledge that your kidney has nothing to do with your lungs. Not really. Uh, you fall off your bicycle and break your leg. You're not going to be rushed to a dermatologist. They're separate. Mm -hmm. and this is key to the systems mindset. Your life is a collection of separate mm -hmm independent systems. And until you can see that separateness, you won't be able to bring the whole thing back together. Uh, otherwise, you've got what I call, and this is a term I've used for many, many years, a chaotic mass of sights, sounds, and events all swirling around. And you, how do you get a grip on that? But what if you could take the most dysfunctional thing in your life and isolate it and fix it or eliminate it or automate it or delegate it? And then what if you took the next biggest problem? Let me give you a kind of a fun idea here. So I, I use this analogy a lot. So we consult to a business and it's a guy's got 20 people in his business. He does 2 million a year. He makes some product, okay, that needs to be sold. You make the product, well, you need to have a market. Well, his sales manager is his brother-in-law and he stinks. He's lazy, okay? So we go in and we say, look, you got a problem with sales. And the problem is your sales manager. You've already told me that. You're not talking to the owner of the company. You're, you, and you don't know what to do about it because you're afraid your wife will leave you if you fire him. <laughs> well, then keep doing what you're doing. But somehow use your imagination and get rid of this guy and get a real professional sales guy in there. And you fix that sales dysfunction until you fix the biggest dysfunctions of your life. And then you go to the next biggest problem. You isolate that and you fix it. 
And most people just swirl around from thing to thing. You know, they got the problem with the teenager. They got the problem with the job. They got the problem with the boss. And they swirl around and around and around. Well, maybe some of those things need to be fixed. And you can't do them all at once with a, with a brain you, they really are sequential. And this is key. Um, everything happens over time. Everything executes over time. And so in breaking a system loose from all the other systems, you actually write down the steps in a system. How do you answer the phone in your office? One, we do this. Two, we do this. Three, there might be seven steps. We have a process at Centratel, the call center. It's over 100 steps to get it done. One process. But we focus on that process and focus on that system. And then we get that under control. And then we go over here and get this under control. Pretty soon, you don't have any more problems. You don't have any more complaints. Or if you have a complaint, you jump on it. And whatever it was, it might lead you to fixing a dysfunctional system. All my managers do. I have about 60 people. And I say about 10 of them are managers. And all we do is work on perfecting systems. So we've got a huge bottom line. I have probably a third less people than I I would need otherwise to do all the fire killing. And you get super efficient at each system. And, and I'll finish by saying, what is the biggest problem? And you attack that first. And it might be a very simple thing to fix. Our first problematic uh, back in 2000, 2000, actually 1999, our biggest problem we fixed in eight hours of work over a three hour, over a three day period. The next biggest problem took us several months, but it was worth it, totally worth it. And I went from 100 hours a week. I spent a decade and a half, John, doing 100-hour work weeks. And you know from the book, I went to 60, I went to 40. Now here I am at two, <laughs> maybe two <laughs> hours a month. And it's highly profitable. I don't have to be in the middle of it. We want to be out of the middle of the chaos and looking down on our business. That's such great stuff. And I just want to reemphasize the importance of systems, not just I'm saying it, but a lot of the best business leaders I know are people who are very systematic in their thinking and they build great systems to the point where they own a lot of companies or extremely large companies. And at the end of the day, I view people and systems as the two main keys, but the best people build the best systems, but a lot of the best systems are able to recruit and retrain the best systems. And if you look at a company as it scales, it's the most effective systems that survive. It's almost like some sort of evolution system where... (laughs) The, the companies that are able to spend less, be more liable, do the result better, it all comes down to just how well they can execute, plan and identify and execute their system. Yeah, and they're working on their systems all the time. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, the people that don't pay attention, that don't see clearly the individual systems of their lives are, are being dictated by the systems that are in their lives, whether they like it or not. And it's randomly, if you just randomly, your systems are operating the best they can and you're not managing them, then your life is going to be chaos. And so the idea is to manage the systems that are already in your life, add some new ones, get rid of the ones that are awful. Like whatever you need to do is to manage all of them, see them, but you can't manage them until you see them. And that's what part one of my book is about, is getting your head to the place where you see the separate systems in your life. Mm. That's the key. Yeah, and there's really an audit in there to actually inspect things and break it down. Uh, The next part of the card, though, I think we've covered it, is saving time and staying in a distraction-free flow state are key. Approach the biggest opportunities first, but remember, most progress actually comes from many 1% improvements. So yes, do the biggest things first, but then if you make a 1% improvement today, you are going to live many, 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 many days. It'll pay back 
so many times, yeah. uh, regardless of the stage. So it's all about systems and a lot of the best results come from just making lots of little tweaks a lot of the time. Exactly. So the, the questions on the card for people to apply to themselves is the first ones are, what are you doing yourself that someone else can do? What are you best at and where can you spend your time most effectively? The perfect example is what you said about delegating your email, John. Uh, then you can go ahead and incrementally get more time to work on systems because mm -hmm. ultimately you want to work on systems all day long. You don't want to do the work. It's really tough if you're an artist or a professional baseball player or an athlete that makes the, I mean, you have to perform. You are the system. You, but for most people, they're running a business, and it might be any number of businesses uh, that they can automate, delegate, and delete over and over and over again. And pretty soon you have the time to be even more creative and, and unleash maybe a new creative business. And as I said, I make a great income with the call center that I've had all these years, uh, and I hardly work. I mean, isn't that what everybody wants? And you want to be creative. How you put those systems, uh, success system cards together was an awful lot of creative effort there. And I would wager that was fun for you. It was a lot was, of work. The first half were fun, but these cards took a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> for a while, it's like, okay, I can't compromise the quality, but there's a lot of them. A lot of work, but what satisfaction. And now they're out there oh, yeah. and you can sell them. Anyway, uh, you sound like a creative guy. I'm a creative guy and I like to write. We're usually really good at what we love to do. And this is mm. what I love to do. I'm not good at it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, something from my end to comment on the delegation is I study personality psychology quite a lot, like many thousands of hours, just even published um, possibly the world's first scientific personality test that was developed with scientific method. Something that I've learned from this is that uh, people are essentially in a way similar to like bees or termites or ants, and that we have uh, natural propensities to enjoy different things that we then become good at. And we have different yeah. kinds of fears. And essentially what it mm -hmm. does is it creates division of labor, which in economics is a concept that's proven to ultimately generate better results. And so mm -hmm. we've almost evolved this sort of division of labor naturally in tribes to ensure all of the work gets done by people who are like really enjoy those things and are really good at them. And you get a better result than just everybody doing everything. So if somebody's specialized as a hunter versus um, taking care of children versus building, you're going to get better results than if one person just tries to be good at everything. And exactly. so part of the systematization is understanding your own mind and trying to be very real with yourself and think like, what are the parts that I am best with? So you might realize that even systematization might be your fault. And then you have to account for that. You have to find somebody who can help you systematize. I know that Sam offers consulting, or maybe you bring in a friend, or you know that you have to put in disproportionate effort to this if it's not something you naturally do. Because each of us is only an individual and alone, we're all crazy, but as a tribe, we're a lot more well-rounded and get better results. So sometimes we have to look outside of ourselves to get the best results, um, not necessarily designing the system 100% ourselves, but getting an expert who knows the system really well to build it. Well, that's important. Uh, you talk about a tribe. So if somebody has a business with, let's say, 60 employees like I have, that's my tribe. Yeah, mm. I paid them to do this, but they all buy into the philosophy, right? And they all contribute. And it's very important 
these systems need to be created by the people who execute them, the frontline people, the salespeople, the production. They need to, they need to put them together, actually, or a representative mm-hmm. of a group of them. Uh, step one, step two, step three. And then they're bought into them. But you don't want to be the one as the leader of the company doing the processes, the documentation and everything. You want to be the one to approve them. You want to be the one to teach people how to do it. It's all in my book. That's what my book is, is a guideline. But the tribe is the the organization. Maybe it's a nonprofit. okay? Uh, But you get everybody to buy into it. You find people who want to buy into it and things get very efficient. People make a lot of money. People have uh, a work environment that's not stressful. If 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 you're not killing fires all the time, you, and you're just building your systems even more perfection, how great is that? I mean, that's mm. that's and that's that's what we teach. We've coached and consulted over a thousand businesses uh, with our business arm, and we've never had a failure. And like you said, your company maybe it requires a third less people, which isn't like a hundred times less. But at the end of the day, there's a profit margin, and if oh your gosh. costs yeah. are so much lower, your profit margin is that much higher. That's yeah. you know doubling or tripling the profit margin on what most companies' numbers look like. And now we're going into a recession, so we're heading towards the time when having efficient systems are the most important because you can't afford to mess up. And this is when a lot of companies go bankrupt and a lot of the best companies of the future are going to be born on a historical cycle. Recessions actually create the best companies. A lot of the biggest ones that we know today are actually built in down markets because they have to be smart about how they build their systems and be efficient from the beginning that then allow them to scale into these very successful enterprises. Yeah. And once once you can see the individual systems, the rest of it takes care of itself. You kind of intuitively know what to do about it, right? Well, if I do this, it'll affect that. If I do this, it'll, well, maybe it will. But if you can isolate the problematic system in the first place, it's not a long road to getting it fixed. Delegated, automated, or eliminated altogether. Got to remember that mantra. The the next part says, which processes are the most chaotic or require the most labor? Uh, this part, I think that we've already covered, but it's good yeah. for the readers to apply and think about that. And mm-hmm. the last bit is, are your systems documented and accessible to ensure their consistent execution? That part really stuck out to me because it's easy to design the system, but if it has problems, then it stops working. And a lot of people kind of think once they design it, they'll be fine. So we share a little bit more about this. Yeah, aspect. it's not enough to design the first perfect process. And let's take talk. If you have a business, let's talk about answering the phone at the front desk. This person's answers it this way because they think that's best. This one answers it this way. And you have like four people, let's say, who answer the phone the very best they can. And they're really good people. So it must be perfect. No, it's not perfect. What you do is you sit down with the four people and you all just have a round robin and decide which is the best way to answer the phone. There's a number of ways to answer the phone, but one of those everybody will agree is the best takes a little bit from this person, a little bit from that person, and they go to the boss and they say, here's the process for answering the phone. That's just a microcosm of a system. There's lots of systems throughout any business. The documentation is critical to give it substance. What if you take the very, very best way of doing something and do it that way every single time? What do you think the results will be? If you lay it out over hundreds of processes across your business, and you're constantly updating those processes as times change and making them better and better. And I go back to what I was saying about working on systems all day long. We have frontline people who answer the phones and take care of this and take care of that. But my managers, the people who have clawed their way up the ladder 
into management position uh, are watching processes and making sure the processes are being uh, executed properly and getting suggestions from the front line about how to improve a process. That's all we do at my call center is that. And it's all we do at the work the system organization is make the processes better and better and better and better. Yes, it's kind of like think through what do you do consistently or over time? And it might not be every day. It might be every like sporadically or every week even, but those are systems. And so for example, um, in my company, I sometimes talk to investors and they always request certain information. So instead of rewriting it every time, it's like, how can I most quickly and easily process of service course. and it actually saves time in the long run. Of course. Uh, so Good. that covers the systematization card. Um, Sam, is there anything else that you want to share with us about how people can apply or think about this sort of information to improve their lives and their businesses? Yeah, there's a kind of an exercise. I'll go through it very quickly. And that is wherever you are, you're driving the car, listening to this, you're at home watching it, whatever you're doing, stop for a moment and look around and identify the individual systems around you. I can sit here and identify in within two minutes, probably a hundred different systems that make up my life, uh, including parts of my body. When you can sit wherever you are in a house or in a car or out in the backyard and readily identify the separate, in, the independent systems around you, you're on your way. May, maybe make you crazy at the beginning, but you'll see the beauty and the benefit of it. And it's not manipulation of your own head. It's actual reality that your life is a collection of systems. What has my little hound Pearl got to do with my coon hound over there, Justy? Nothing. They're both hounds, but they're not connected, but they get together. They, they, they work together great. And so do that exercise wherever you are after you watch or listen to this, and you'll start to get a feel for what the system's mindset is. And that's what my writing and my philosophy is all about, is going that one layer deeper and seeing how the mechanical world is actually, you can see more accurately how the mechanical world is put together. That's so great. Yeah, it's really about applying the information. That's so much about what Success Cards is about, is actually doing the work. You can't just tell somebody a mindset. You have to practice it and really did live the philosophy. There's a difference between feeling good and get changing your life, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, that feels so good. I'll have to do that someday. No, you got to take the action. And that's what oftentimes the things that feel the best are the things that are easy for us or we enjoy. And we've already done that so much that we're going to get more results from doing the things that don't always feel the best. Um, So it's, it's not a popular thing to say, but a lot of the times the best growth comes from doing the things that we don't like. Um, and knowing that we're kind of chiseling away at some tidal wave of neglect in that area of it's, our life. It's kind of, the, it's kind of the definition of being an adult. You do what you need to do, whether you want to do it or not. Yes. Responsibility. You, yeah. You don't want to do it, but you do it anyway. Sam, thank you so much for all this wisdom and for contributing the quote to the cards. Uh, this is amazing. And I hope you listeners don't just listen to this, but go back through the card, listen to this again, and really apply the information lessons to your business. And it'll make such an enormous impact. Knowing Sam's work really helped me personally, and I know it can do the same for you. And John, the, the website's workassystem.com, by the way. And you can get the book in audio, Kindle, whatever, uh, Amazon or wherever you want to go. But workassystem.com, the website has a lot to offer all by itself. Great. Thank yeah. you so much, Sam. All right. Thank you, John. Bye.